Welcome to another exciting episode of Level Up with Sean Myers, the podcast where we dive deep into the stories and insights of some of the most inspiring individuals in their fields. I'm your host, Sean Myers, and today we have a very special treat for you. Our guest today is none other than Ewan Heinemeyer, a remarkable human being, best friend, husband, and devoted father of two beautiful children. But there's a twist. Instead of the traditional interview format, Ewan will be the one asking the questions today. It's not every day that I get to be on the other side of the microphone. So I'm looking forward to this unique experience. Ewan's insightful questions and his vast knowledge of my journey are sure to make this a memorable episode. So stay tuned for a dynamic conversation that will surely take us to new heights. It was, it's an honor to for you to ask me uh, to do this. Absolutely, and, man. Yeah, it, it's yeah. an it's an honor to have you on too, brother. Yeah, so I'm I'm no no pro, you know. I've never been on a podcast before, but this will be my first first attempt. For the record, though, like I said in the intro, all of our friends, all of our family say you ask some of the best questions. So, what better man for the job on the Level Up with Sean Myers podcast to ask the one and only myself? Not to toot my own horn, but you ask such great questions. And I know it's going to make a big impact on our audience today. Well, thanks for saying that, man. You know, my first question is like, what's your favorite color? It took me a long time to come up with that one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> green. For, it's green. <laughs> that means it's like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. First question, man. You know, I've been listening to your podcast for, you know, since it started. And man, there's so many things that have, have come up. And funny enough, first question, we were running together at the, the run, Alpha Run Club a couple of weeks ago. And I analyze everybody. I always try and think like, man, why are they that way? What what made them this way? Uh, you know, we spent 11, 12 years together. And so I, I know so much about you. But we were on the other day and you mentioned your, that you had, your, when you were younger, you had the, your thyroid issue and you had, it kept you smaller because you hadn't developed physically. And it just clicked in my mind. I was like, man, is that got something to do with the way Sean is? Because I know, you know, kids have trouble when they're if they have issues when they're younger you know learning disabilities or physical disabilities they're not equal so they have to do more to compete they either shrink or they they, they step up and so I, I just was curious you know what was that like the experience we've never really talked about it before i mean little bits but i'd love to you know how could you answer that question and translate into how it's built you into who you are today yeah man so i had my mom and my sister we all had thyroid disease which is like an autoimmune disease and I think I was, I think this is the proper terminology for it, diagnosed with it at the age of 12. So before then, I was kind of a late bloomer. Mm. And so what I mean by that is like, I didn't hit puberty until like 13 or 14 when all my friends around me at, you know, 9, 10, 11 were having hair under their armpits. Yeah. And, I'll, and I'll never forget, like we were at my dad's shop when I was like nine or 10 and acquaintance at the time that I was hanging around had lifted his arms and I saw hair underneath his arms. I was like, well, I looked at mine. I was like, I don't have any hair underneath my arm. <laughs> like, is there something wrong with me? You know? Yeah, yeah. And fast forward, you know, because my mom and it just kind of runs in the family on the autoimmune disease and the thyroid, I ended up getting diagnosed with thyroid disease. And so it's been managed ever since, ever since I was like 11 or 12 years of age. So it, it seemed like I was behind it. Yeah, mm -hmm. man. Mm -hmm. So it seemed like I was behind the like all of my friends, you know, just genetics wise and, and physically like what I could do with my body. So I, I feel like I had to take extra, put extra work behind the scenes to get to where I wanted to, to get to where I wanted to do and, and, and who I wanted to be become. Now, I never let it 
allow me to identify who I was. Mm-hmm. I just used it as leverage, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because that's, that's such a that's a big moment to me, like having something to deal with something like that. It's it's you're comparing yourself to other kids, and at that age, you're not emotionally mature enough to, to understand it. That's that's gotta. What what would it was it like? Did put that pit in your stomach, like man, I'm not like these other other kids. Like, could you like? What was those moments like, or some of the examples like you see, you know, a kid running faster than you, or whatever? What's your thought process? Are you like, I, I gotta work harder, I gotta figure out how to get stronger, or you know, what what was that like? Yeah. So when I, what you don't know is what you don't know, and so reflecting back when I was that age, I just my parents always loved me for who I for who I was, and and so I guess that transition mm-hmm. to me kind of look at myself in the mirror is like, you know, I'm not better or worse, or I'm not because there was so much, like my mom, there was so much love in the house. Like it just never affected me. If anything, it just, because of their love, it just helped me empowered, like inspired me and empowered me to do the things, even though that I may not have been like physically wise, I was behind two or three years from a lot of the guys that I was competing against in baseball at 13, 14 years of age. Right. Mm -hmm. And even when I started getting into like, you know, baseball, football, motocross and all these different sports, I never allowed it to like, oh, I got an autoimmune disease, you know, or a thyroid problem. And I'm two or three years behind the guys that I'm competing against. And it's interesting that you asked that because now reflecting back on it, like it makes perfect sense. Like I'm two or three years behind these guys and their, you know, their bones, their muscles, everything is like, it'd be like, you know, a nine-year-old, right. Competing against a 13-year-old. I don't even know if that's fair or not, but that's kind of how it was, you know, cause I was three years behind, but not not one time, Ewan, not one time did I ever look at it go, dang, I got an autoimmune disease and I allowed that to get the best of me, right? What, what did you do? You know, so in my mind, I'm like, you had to, to have kept up. You must have had to work harder in my mind. Yeah. Like, and, and that is the secret sauce in my mind. You know, a kid who has a speech impediment, man, they got to work much harder on, on, on speaking well. Uh, a kid who's got dyslexia has got to knuckle down on how to read better or whatever to, to overcome that. So by the time they, you know, if they adapt, they have to figure out different ways because they're not, uh, if you were to compare it to like a neurotypical uh, brain, they have to work harder. So they have to do it differently because it's not the same path. And so it's just that doing things differently that allows them to be, have a, a thought process when they're older in the real world, quotation marks. And that is what's valuable is because they have a different perspective on life. And it helps them to come up with different types of solutions than the the average person. Would you say it's similar to yourself? Like you had to do it differently than most kids. I always felt like the underdog. And what I mean by that is like, I always felt like I came in last place, last guy. To, I was the last guy to be picked on the team. I always, it always stressed me out. Like, am mm-hmm. I going to be selected? Am I going to be picked on the team? And whether that was baseball, football, even football, you know, I was really never taught football. And, and then when I first tried out in like sixth grade, seventh grade, I didn't know how to wrap somebody up properly. So I was immediately put on the D team. And then Mm -hmm. when I started doing motocross and even in motocross, you know, I I would get knocked down or fall down because I didn't have the balance. And so I would become in last place. So everything that, you know, motocross, baseball, football, any sport, I guess this is where all started and like built my foundation on like my mentality is like, well, if I'm going to be in last place, like I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, and and then this is kind of like where my, like it was a fine balance between my mom and dad. My mom was like, it's okay, honey, just show up tomorrow. You know, just keep showing up. We'll support you. We got your back. So like she had that love for me. Yeah. And then like my dad was like, you know what? Suck it up, get back up, keep going, right? And compete. 
And so like with that two, those two balances, I was like, all right, well, I didn't know any better. You know, I was 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age. Mm-hmm. And even though I was behind and you know, had that underdog mentality, I just kept showing up because of the love and support from my parents. And so I guess over time and in, in, after several years and just molding like my identity, I became this competitive person. I became this like underdog guy. Like he's the last place. He's always the last guy to be picked on the team. And I never accepted that. I was like, how do I not become in last place? Okay, well, I got to put work behind the scenes. I got to work harder than anybody else, right? Well, what does that look like? And like for me, that was showing up, showing up when the other guy wasn't showing up, right? And putting in the work, learning from my, at that point, just learning from my mistakes, like what am I doing? What am I not doing? And then when I get back in, when I get back up on the motocross, when I get knocked back down, and when I get in last place for the football team or the baseball team, I didn't get picked for the team. I'm like, okay, what do I need to do differently? Well, here's what I need to do, need to do differently is because I need to dial in. I need to focus on what it is that these guys in front of me are doing and put one foot in front of the other. It's like, okay, nothing else matters. The guy to the right, the guy to the left, it doesn't really freaking matter. I'm going to, the, I'm, I'm going to give it my best right now. I'm going to put one foot in front of the other and I'm going to give it all I got to keep me coming back and get me to that like, First place, second, I wouldn't even try for first place. I was just trying to be, if I'm in 21st place, I'm just trying to get to that 20th place, that 19th place. And yeah. then once you dial in, once you focus in, I picked my head up so many times, Ewan, whether it was in baseball, football, or even motocross and like these different sports. And I'm like, dude, I'm in third place right now. I'm in second place because nothing else matters. Like I've just dialed in and focused because I'm sick and tired of being last and the underdog. But you know what? That gave me the power. That gave me the leverage and empowerment alongside of my parents always showing up and supporting me. So I would say those two things, man, consistently showing up and having the support from my mom and dad, the love and my dad being, you know, a little rough around the edges with and then having that underdog mentality of like, hey, you know what? Don't try to become first place. Like, don't don't try to be the first place. There's an old saying, right? It's better to be consistently good than occasionally great. Yeah. Yes. Do you attest? Cause that's the Sean I know today, right? Like, and, and, and that belief is still there today. So that, that was a belief formulated at a young age and you don't know any difference. Like you said, when you're 12, 13, you don't even really kind of know you're just kind of doing it. But that's where a lot of, man, even a lot of adults today, their beliefs, you can tell throwing tantrums like, like a child, you know, cause they make these decisions when they're four, five, six and they've never developed themselves and they don't know why they get frustrated over the dish is not being done or someone cutting them off. It's a child's response, you know, and that's good and bad, right? So that's all clearly a, a, you had this belief set at a young age to just life is, I'm in last place. I got to figure out how to be first as opposed to someone who has the silver spoon. You know, they were just great immediately, never had to put in the, the effort. They're just, they're just good. And, you know, so age old, you know, I see it in the movies, uh, you know, the guys that will work hard to come after this, this person. Uh, but it's true. It's a real thing. That's why it's in the movies because it's a real uh, situation. Do, do you realize, and I'm sure you do, do you realize that belief that you had growing up, it, it, it was attested to maybe your, your thyroid issue, having to work harder and you, all the success you've had today. Do you, do you tie that together ever in your mind? No. <laughs> to me, it's everything. I'm like, that is the mindset. Like that when we play racquetball together, I see that Sean showing up. You're like, you just immediately are 90 miles an hour, like off the, off the back, like just ready to roar and how to figure it out, you know? So to me, I just see that coming through in such a, a big way. So I don't tie the thyroid and the, auto, the autoimmune disease mm. to the outcomes and to like 
the, 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 belief, the mindset, you know, the belief of, I gotta work hard to win. Because yeah. you work no. so hard to win. You know, no, can you do 100%. Yes. But when you bring up autoimmune disease and when you bring up the thyroid, like mm. to me, it's just an excuse. Like I'm not yeah. going to allow, you know what I mean? It's like you hear all these awesome, you know, individuals that, that, that I aspire to be like in this world that, you know, when I was doing high rocks in these competitions, there was a guy out there with, I don't know the proper terminology for it, but he had, he was literally out there running with one leg, dude. Mm-hmm. To wow. me, that that is that is a hero. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. he's the underdog, like, but he's out there taking action and making happen and enjoying the process and journey. And that's yeah. kind of like the autoimmune disease. Yeah, sure, that put me three or four years behind, but I never used that as an excuse. Yeah. Like I always, you know what I mean? Like I always, I always, I guess that's what's allowed me to believe. Like, okay, if I'm going to be the underdog, cool. You know what? The only person I, who I have to show off in front of right now. It's myself. Like I just have, mm-hmm. I have to prove it to myself that I can do these things, right? And nothing. There's no limitations. There's nothing going to hold me back. Like yeah. I didn't understand this to this to this level to this day, right? At 13 or 14, 15 years of age, but I could see how that built a foundation for me for having the underdog, the guy I picked on yeah. the last team, and having that belief. Like right now, it's just like, okay, I know I got to put in the work. I know. Mm-hmm. I, so there's some podcasters out there that might have to have, you know, that may went viral or a TikTok or a video. That on their fifteenth one, this dude right here is going to have to do two thousand before anything happens. Yeah. That's just my mentality, and that's the winning mindset. Matt. That's why you're so successful because most people don't think two thousand episodes. What? You, they're like they're expecting success after the, the second, and then they quit. You know, and, and yes. saying that that's most people. Well, that's why everybody doesn't have. Most people don't have what they they want, or they they won't even try anymore after a certain point. Like. So, because it's all, it's all belief. It's the thought process in your mind made you do the things out here externally. And so that is available to anybody at any point if they can get their mind to believe it, you know, and, and you've coached a lot of people and, and you, you hear their, their struggles, their issues. The reason they came to you is they, they want guidance. They want help. And they know that you can give them that clarity with people who don't have those. I mean, here's the thing. I think all kids have got something or, or all people have something in their childhood they could have used. To make a, a decision for the positive, most of them have made them to the negative. Uh, uh, a lot of the time, and that's why we have self-limiting beliefs. You know, like what would you say to people out there who have those self-limiting beliefs but didn't use it to their advantage? And and, and let's say there might be a fifty-year-old out there listening, or a sixty-year-old limiting beliefs. How do you get them into that underdog mindset where and I can't do this? I do want to win. What's the first step? First thoughts like that could help them still do accomplish what they want to accomplish today. Yeah, man. So that's a great question. So I would say two things. And, and I said this, I said this early and often with my mom and dad. The number one thing is, is you got to have a support system. And what I mean by that is, is you got to have somebody that, that is going to lift you up, that is going to level you up, man. And that was my mom and dad. And I'm so grateful for them to this day because when I got knocked down, when I had the autoimmune disease, when all this stuff, like when I got picked on the last team, I could have threw in the towel and be like, I quit. And my parents could have said, you suck, right? Or maybe maybe you need to do something else, Sean. But no, my parents were there. They picked me back up. So that's the number one thing is have a support system, whether it's a wife, a spouse, a husband, your kids, your your best friend, a friend, somebody that when you get knocked down, they're going to pick you back up. Yeah. I don't care if it takes 100,000 times, right? You could The podcast could suck. The running could suck. 
You know, you could be coming last place if you're 50, 60, 70, 80 years, doesn't freaking matter. Have that support system. And if they're not supporting you, it's time to find a new support system. Right? I don't think have people that understand that, you know, because I, 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 I'm one of them, you know, but like having, I had a good support system, you know, and, but you just hearing you say that people are and just, so just having people that can support me is going to help me get where I need to go. It is true. You know, a lot of people may be thinking that I don't have good parents. I didn't have good parents. You know, I didn't have any kind of support system and I still don't. You know, man, could you speak to like our mastermind group, for example, there are people out there, right? Like if you can't find them or if you don't have them currently, there are people out there. You just have to find that support system. What, what would you, how do people find that? You know, what, where would they go? You know, what do they do to, to get there? I honestly think I'm a big believer in this is kind of the second part to your, your first question is the second thing you have to do is take action yourself, right? Nobody's mm-hmm. going to come to your rescue. Nobody is going to, nobody's going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Your mom, your dad, my, my mom and dad, they weren't going to be out there, you know, playing. They weren't going to be playing baseball for me. They weren't going to be on the dirt track. They weren't going to be playing football. I had to do it. Right. Yeah. I had to own up to it. And so what I mean by that is like, for example, consistently showing up. So if you're like, you know what, I want to I want to work out. OK, well, let's break that down. And what I mean by that is, is like, I just want to do five push ups every single day. Or, or running, like like mm-hmm. I want to run a marathon in December. Okay, cool. What do I need to do on a daily basis? Well, tomorrow I just need to I need to lace up my shoes, lace up my shoes, walk outside. Great, check that box off the list. The next day, lace up your shoes, go outside, do a quick little jog for 15 seconds. Great, you just did that. Congratulations, progress. You just showed up. So my point is on the second thing is you human beings we want to see progress, right? Just like when you were at the track, when, when we, we invited you to the track, the Alpha Run Club, you're like, you know what? Okay, cool. This is kind of where I'm at in life. Let me just plug myself in. You showed up. You got up early. You hadn't got up that early in, ye- in, in a, probably over a year. Who knows? And you showed up. You put you laced up. You got there. You were tired. You had three hours of sleep, you said, because of the anticipation, because of the stress, the anxiety of showing up, not knowing what to expect. Then you started running. Then we started doing jogging. And then after that, you're like, I'm not, I'm not dead. I'm not dying. Mm-hmm. Like this, I'm seeing progress in the endorphins and the dope, the dopamine. Sorry. So that's the same thing with what I'm talking about. What I learned at 12 and 13, like, okay, yeah, I fell down on the dirt bike, but I got back up. I didn't die. And I finished the cross line and I beat the guy that was ahead of me. Mm-hmm. That right there, you get that dopamine, that endorphin, that, that hit, like I want more of that. Right. Yeah. The football team. Okay, cool. You, you got picked last place, Sean. Great. Okay. But guess what? Now I got an opportunity to start on the last place. So it's all progress, right? So if, if, if anybody's listening to this, my biggest recommendation is one, have that support system, that wife, that, and if you don't have that support system, then be the example, be the example, right? Does that make sense? And, 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 and it, I, I break it down like this, Ewan. So there's the matrix, right? You know, with Keanu Reeves and he's yep. the one, right? They all look at him like he's the one. So that's how I feel like in my family, like I'm the one, right? And I want people, my mom, my dad, my, my sister, my friends, my family, my community to model my behavior. And I have, this is how I'm going to show up. I'll get knocked down a thousand times, but I'll put, I'll be 1% better than I was yesterday. I may have two setbacks, but I'm going to try again tomorrow because we're all imperfect human beings. And when you see that progress, just like you showing up, at the track and running around that first lap. You're like, I'm not dying. I'm sweating. I'm really enjoying the conversations. 
whatever it may be that hits your soul, your mind, body, and soul, because you plugged yourself in because you had the support system with those two things. Now look at you. You just signed up for a freaking marathon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. It really is. I, I think it's the amygdala is a portion of the brain that it senses danger, right? So like, that's why people are afraid of public speaking. It's, and people are more uh, afraid of public speaking than death. So they say, uh, I can, I'm, you know, most people know what that means. Like, it's very difficult to get up there because the brain doesn't know that it's not actually that serious. Like, you're not going to die if you go up and speak in front of people. But uh, that that judgment, that uh, fear of looking foolish, the brain says, this is worse than, than death. And people are petrified of public, of public speaking. But as you do more speaking, as you go out and do more things uh, that you're afraid of, the amygdala uh, slowly but surely realizes, oh, this is not a dangerous situation. And that's how things that were difficult in the past become easier because your brain's like, this is not a, a problem anymore. You could go into another situation and the amygdala fires right back on and says, oh man, this is, I could die here. And so you panic, you don't do it, you back off, leave it for tomorrow or never do it. And yeah, I think... Just getting out there, uh, just do it, just do it once. And that's the first step, right? Like you're saying, just tie up your shoelaces. The brain's like, okay, I can handle that. The next day you go take a few steps, you know, whatever. You don't have to run the whole thing. You're not going to die. I think that's a great man. When you said that, I was like, man, I think most people do think it's do or die, man. It's, it's life or death. And it never, almost never is. Uh, it just be, be, and you've said it multiple times. You don't mind if you, fail or not because you're going to get back up and everybody has that in them they just don't realize it i think and you do such a good job many people get there you know and once you do it that one time it just takes that one time if you're listening to this that one time right lacing up the shoes going for that walk going for that run right and whatever it is it doesn't have to don't bite off more than you can chew and that's what i've always tried to tell myself start small and what i mean by that is like build a foundation then when you create that when you create that momentum, when you create that confidence, it's like when you, when, right now, you're showing up for the Alpha Run Club. You have your pace. You have how many miles you've ran. But in six months, you're going to be crossing that finish line. You're manifesting that, right? In six months, mm-hmm. then you're going to tell yourself, now what? Mm-hmm. Right? Then that's when you start compounding. That's when you start building that momentum. But you just have to take that one step, whatever it looks like, whatever area of life. Well, I want to save, if it's in finances, well, I want to save $1,000 for my emergency fund. Okay, cool. How much do you have in the bank account? I'm in the negatives. Okay, well, what do we need to do? What do we need to pay off debt? We got to break things down, right? Well, let's, mm-hmm. let's okay, I have $5,000 in debt. Okay, well, and let's break that down. Let's work it backwards and so we can get ahead. But my point is, is like, and myself included, there was so many times where I'm like, man, when I look at these people on billboards and, and, and see these social media gurus and these influencers, it's freaking intimidating, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the video, the, you know, and all these different marketing and advertising is like, it's all so pretty. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's so freaking pretty. You're just like, I could never do that. That's the end right? result. That's, 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 it's the end result. Yeah. Exactly. And so now I'm like, you know what, man, if, if my biggest thing is like, if I could just put one foot in front of the other, right? I may not become in first place, but when I put this one foot in front of the other, just like what I've been sharing in the last five or 10 minutes, then it's going to create momentum and build. It's going to compound, mm-hmm. right? Just like investments. You put $100 a month in a mutual fund. It compounds over the next 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years, right? And so that's the way, that's the way I apply in my areas of life. Like 
I'm going to have setbacks. I'm going to have challenges. I'm going to have obstacles. I'm aware of that. But if I can take these small little principles, small little concepts and plug myself in, put one foot in front of the other, just show up, surround myself with that support system. The rest is freaking history, man, because Mm -hmm. with that support system, with that best friend and with putting one foot in front of the other, you're going to get to where you want to go. It may take six months. It may take 40 years. But guess what? It does, to my mind, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be there anyways. So why not die trying? Yeah. Yeah, because that's, that's how you get ahead. I mean, that's how you get what you want. And it takes effort. The rocket ship, you know, it takes a lot of energy to get where you're, you're going to go. But you have to start somewhere. Yeah, the, the, the influencers, they look so pretty when you see them now. I, I guess good advice to, to, to the listeners. Maybe we'll watch their first video. Go see what yeah. that looks like. Because <laughs> yeah. they were a bumbling idiot when they first started right like <laughs> go back and look at my video in 2015 when i first started the insurance company yes. it was like yeah uh well my mate man shot on and now you're so it's just reps you put in the time you know it's just like the gym and and now it's second nature and that that's true for everybody they're going to be better well, people some- people reach out to me like even y'all like oh man your video is so good you know, your audio, all this stuff. So I'm like sitting behind the scenes. I'm like, no, it's freaking not. Like I have this imposter syndrome, this self-doubt, like behind the scenes. I'm like, I like when I listen to myself, I even, I don't even like listening to myself, Ewan. I don't even like listening to my own podcast because I'm like, oh God, he said that. Yeah, it's <laughs> but then somebody else messages me like, dude, I needed to hear that, you know? Yeah. Because people want to hear raw, you know, and that's what you're so good at. You're, be, you're being, you're, you're very, your very own self, you know, your vulnerability comes through and, and I, I love it, man. And to switch gears, I had a question that was a week or two ago on one of the podcasts and, and you mentioned that you had been a terrible boss. You were a bad boss, terrible boss. And uh, you kind of skipped over it because it was in part of what you're saying. And I was like, I want to know what that was like. I, I want to know what it was like for your employees at the time. And, and the reason I want to know is because I know who you are now and you've changed significantly. Now, you're not just a, a good boss. I would, you're a great boss because I've seen how your employees interact with you. I'm, you know, I'm not speaking for your employees that they, they would honestly say this, I feel like. And so that's where it's rare, right? People have a hard time reflecting. It's my way or the highway. Do as I say, I'm the boss or I'm the manager. They don't even realize that they may be the part uh, of the problem and that the way they're being impacts other people and, and they don't ever realize like, I need to change perhaps. And, and so you have just did this massive 180. Like you just, uh, you, I know you put a lot of time and effort into that, but I was kind of like, what was that like at the time? Uh, you being bad, terrible boss. What, what were some of maybe an example? And then I, I have a follow up question to that. I'll ask it now. Did you just realize at one moment that I got to change or was it this like, like a pivotal moment or was it a process of like, okay, that didn't go well. I can't keep being this way or whatever. But yeah. So what was kind of what, take us back. What was that like? And how did you transition into getting away from that? So up until about 2015, it was all eyes on me. And what I mean by that is just like we've been talking for the last 30 minutes, it was all eyes on me, whether it was motocross, football, baseball. I always felt alone. I always felt like the lone wolf. Mm -hmm. I never really. Honestly, I never really felt a part of a team because I was so dialed in and focused on what I needed to do to help the team to get to where they wanted to be. It was almost Mm. like a selfish ego, unaware of it, right? Mm. And so I, aka, I call myself the bulldozer. And so what I mean by that is, is like all the way up until I was probably 21, 22, even through Enterprise, State Farm, like it was all eyes on me. Like I didn't care if it was a team effort or whatever it may be, it was was like 
cool, call it what you want, but I'm going to do like, I'm going to do what I need to do. Mm. Right. Because I, I need to put one foot in front of the other. I need to make one more phone call than this other person right here. I need to do this one more thing, show up a little bit earlier, show up a little bit later, because remember, I've got to put in the hard work. I got to outwork this guy next to me. And so it was all eyes on me for, for two decades. Right. And so when I got terminated from enterprise and state farm, right. 2015 hit. That's when I started. I was like, you know what? I'm not meant to work for somebody. I'm going to start my own business. And that's what a lot of business owners do is like, I'm tired of working for the man. You know, my value uh, is not being received. I'm not getting paid for it, the, the byproduct. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go start my own business. Well, fast forward, the, I started it for, you know, pretty much the wrong reasons, right? Money and mm. freedom and assets, you know, paying for liabilities and all this other stuff, which that's all ego. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I was just a bulldozer in the business. And then mentors of mine said, okay, you've got to hire. If you want to get, you want to scale, you want to monetize, you got to hire a team. Okay, cool. I'll do that. But I never focused on the team. I always focused on what can I get from the team? What results could we get? What outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Follow my lead. If I'm going to be at 110%, I need you to be at 110%. Mm-hmm. It was all, it, I was just being selfish. Yeah. I was being ego, ego driven, unaware, and mindful of the ego. Like you, you were honestly using people, but people were, were. No, I was. Pieces of a chessboard yeah. that you moved around yeah. uh, to get the result that you wanted. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In which that's a, it's a horrible way, right? It's a horrible <laughs> way to run a business. Yeah. And, you know, because I was just like, you're the, you know, I had read the e-myth like early and off. I was like, oh, I'm the entrepreneur automatically, right? Or the manager, like you do as I follow. Yeah. That was my mentality, yes. right? Oh, man. <laughs> if I say this, you do this and you, you know, and don't, don't make any excuses. Mm-hmm. And so I was looking at it from a selfish standpoint. It's like me, 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 right? And then to answer your second part question, I was like, after three or four years, employee turnover, right? People just always, like I had people coming in and like, it just seemed like I, there was always an argument, right? We always mm-hmm. butted heads. And like, I always, they always walked on eggshells around me, mm-hmm. right? And, and even in like, this carried into other areas of my life, like with friends, my wife. And I was like, what is going on? You know, because what I had done up until that point to society was success, right? Like built this business and social media and, you know, money in the bank and the image looking, looking a certain way for, for yourself to, to feel like yeah that you had succeeded and you had, you, I mean, you hundred percent, you had succeeded, but, and you've said this in your own words, like, but you didn't, there was a, a much bigger area of success that we know is money such a small part, like success. What is success? You know, it, it is to me, how, how good are your relationships? And I think, you know, you, you, you said that too. Yeah. So fast forwarding three or four years, I was like, man, I like, cool. Yeah. I got money in the bank, got a business. The image is there. The social media, everything that I've set out to do for myself is, is accomplished. I was mm-hmm. literally checking the boxes off the goal every single year and I was crushing them. Yeah. I was goal, I was goal oriented. And you had even made comments about that. You're like, yeah, man, I just don't, you know, you're so goal oriented. I'm just, you know, and, and so I was like, yeah, isn't that the way we should be? Right. Like mm-hmm. so I was so dialed in and so focused, whatever it was, if we played racquetball, softball, I wasn't there to have fun. Mm-hmm. I wasn't there to serve an impact and laugh and have a good time. I was there to do one thing. I was there to win, to be better than the next guy. Right. Yeah. And so what I learned in three or four years was that's not the way to live. That, that's not the way you, that's not the way I wanted to live my life. 
at, at, at and I'm 36 now, and so this was probably this was uh, say eight years. So this was probably three or four years ago, mm. maybe even earlier. And I was like, why are my employees leaving me? Why are people walking around on eggshells? And so I started. I I didn't know the answers to all these questions, but I knew something wasn't right. And that's when in December of 2019, I believe, or maybe even 2020, that's when I was like, dude, I'm, I'm miserable. I'm unfulfilled. There's a lack of purpose. It's all about me. I'm 33 and I have all this stuff, but I feel alone. I feel by myself. Not to interrupt, but, but just for the listeners to hear this, like, like you said, it, checking the boxes, you know, because that is what, who made the boxes? Who, who said that those are the boxes to check? Is it, you know, I want to say it's society because that's what yes. we that's what we yes. consider. Well, yeah, once you have X amount, once you check these 10 boxes, you've got it made. You're done. Like you're happy. Happiness is there. And and what did you find? You've checked all the boxes and you're bankrupt emotionally. You know, I've, I've been there myself. You know, it's like, what was this all for? It was a lie, a smoke screen. And, and man, I hope people, what I'm trying to figure out, how do you get people who have not experienced it yet to fully understand to where they are not focusing on checking those boxes? I think people are afraid because they don't want to not have those things. They don't, they, they, they want to have them, you know, and there's nothing wrong with having them. There's, but there's a healthy version. And what I don't think people realize is if they work on, which I think is what you're about to say, if they worked on that first, not only would they check those boxes, they'd have 10x and they do it 10 times quicker. And I say 10 times, I mean it. Like <laughs> it's coming a lot faster if you work on this emotional side. But yeah, sorry to interrupt, but just, continue there with what you were about to say. Yeah, no, you hit the nail right on the head. So right around December of 2019, 2020, I was like, man, I'm unfulfilled, lack of purpose, I'm miserable. And I didn't know why. And I didn't know, I didn't understand. Like I just felt, I just felt stuck. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to keep going down this path of what I've already been doing the last four or five years. Sure, it's got me to where I want to be, but I know for things to change, you have to change. And, and if you're like, for me, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. I was like, there's there's a, there's a better way. And so, and that's why, like, if you hear, you know, people that are, you know, whether you're a drinker or a smoker or you're overweight and you go to the doctor and you get that wake up call and they're like, Hey, look, if you don't stop this, mm -hmm. this is what's going to happen. You're not going to be a part of your grandkids' lives, your kids' lives. That's kind of how I felt. Like mm -hmm. if I don't stop this, like people, people are not going to want to come into my life, you know? And yeah. whether that's an employee and some of the things that I had said to like employees, I'm like, looking back and reflecting back, I'm like, I've had to go back and apologize to them. Like, wow. man, I know you're your personality. It's like you're a driver, an activator. And for yeah. someone like you to be able to apologize, I don't think people realize how big a deal. It's easy for some people to apologize. To me, I've, I've trained myself to do it, to apologize. And, and I, my dad was a very good example of that. Some people just didn't have to train at all. They're just good at doing it. Apologize too much, in fact. I know your personality type and personality types like it. Yeah, I mean, it's just spectacular that you were able to do that. So I just want to acknowledge that. So... Yeah, continue. My bad. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah, because I've, you know, and of course it didn't come easy. I just, I've had to, I've had to really work on becoming, and that's why I'm so big on like becoming the best version of yourself, 1% better than you were yesterday. And I didn't understand that, of course, three or four years ago. And now it's like, I'm not trying to bite off more than I can chew. I'm just trying to be just better, a better guy than I was yesterday. And, and whether that's talking to a friend differently or maybe holding something back. Like for instance, even, even this morning, like this morning I received an email, I received an email and, and, and there's every like old part of Sean wants to come out and like <laughs> email back and attack this person. Right. Yeah. But I've had, I'm like, no, 
I'm like, it's going to pull my peace, my joy, mm-hmm. and my bliss, and my and and and, and my values. It's it's going to it's going to and it's going to ruin our relationship that I have with that person. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to send an email back, right? Yeah. Or I'm not going to send an email back right now. I'm going to send an email back when I cool down. Yeah. Right. Whereas before, four years ago, you you <laughs> you you're, you're gonna feel me through that email. You're gonna ring their doorbell face to face. Yes. <laughs> so now I've really learned. Like the old Sean would have been like, you know, burning bridges. Right. Like I'm a bulldozer. You're like you're not gonna come at me like that. But now it's like, what is this person experiencing? There's no emotion attached to this email. You know, put a different meaning to it. Like be the bigger person. So it's all these different mindsets that are going through me. Like take time right now, you know, and, yeah. and it's all helped me because I'm just becoming a better version of myself. And then also being a better leader, whether it's a friend or employee or my community, because if I'm going to react to somebody else, then it's a surefire way of, of not getting, uh, not having a good outcome. And that was me for the first four, four or five years. Like I was a reactor, man. Yeah. You know, I was, I wear my emotions in my, I wear my emotions on my shoulder, on my sleeve. Like, you know, like you're going to hear it from me. And that's just part of my temper, my personality. And I hope listeners are hearing there because it's not easy for you to, to, you have to control yourself. You know, think about how you were in the past and this is everybody, right? Like they, they react, they respond. And most people, self included, it's just the way I am. And they don't, that is just a, a get out of jail free card and they don't change. They don't progress and they keep getting the same results. They wonder why are people responding to me that way? And uh, but the, the level of energy you're having to put into control yourself and just, uh, you know, I won't, if people are there listening and they feel like that's just the way they are, they're not getting the results that they're, that they would like or have relationships that they want. And it is a skill that is buildable to control your emotions. It's not easy. No, no, no one's saying it is, but where did that come from for you? Like, where did you, where, what was that moment? You know, or, or when you had the moment, you didn't want to live your life like that. So what happens next for you to be able to go down that journey of getting, getting control over your emotions? Like, what, what was it? Yeah, up until about three years ago, I didn't, I always reinvested money back into the money we made from business. We reinvested back to the business, you know, back into the business, right? Any business owner knows this typically if you're building a team. And so you're paying payroll, your overhead, your rents and all this other stuff. So that's where all my money was going. But zero dollars was going to the personal development fund of Sean, growing <laughs> myself. Well, yeah. if you're listening to this, and even you know this, you and like, and, and you want to become a leader, right? I don't care if it's one person or a community or whoever it may be, you have got to work harder on yourself than you do anything else, right? And yeah. so what I mean by that is reinvesting funds back into money. I don't care if it's $5, a $5 book, an audio or a podcast like this, you've got to receive the information, write it down and apply it. And so for me at that time, you know, I didn't really listen to podcasts. I didn't really read books. I didn't really do anything outside of me, 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 me. I knew what worked and got me to where I was when I first started the business. And that was sales, right? And so however leadership and management is, is typically what your team is going to follow. So if you're just driven in sales and that's it, nothing else, that's all that's going to matter. And then the team's going to feel the pressure. And you're only is going to be as your business. And, and to me, in my opinion, like your life, your business is only going to be as good as your development, your growth. And so at that point in my life, I was like, I'm stuck. I'm unfulfilled. And all this stuff had hit me. And I don't, and I don't know if me and you were talking or was it me and you talking? It, it was December of 2019 or 2020. I think it was 2020. And I was like, who do I need? Maybe I need to 
research who I need to hire. And that's when I hired. Yeah, yeah we talked and, and, we, okay, and we talked about it. It was time for you to get a performance or, or someone that could give you insight outside of your, your inner circle. Yes. And that was the first time in my entire life in 33, 34 years where I was like, you know what? I have got to invest money back into myself because I hadn't, hadn't done it up until that point. When I hired that life coach, it's like something magic happened, right? Between talking with him, working through the worksheets, the exercises, and I got that life back. I got that purpose again. And of course, I had to do the work behind the scenes, right? The only thing that he did is shed the light on my own freaking ego and all this other stuff that mm -hmm. I was missing, right? Yeah. And sometimes that's all it freaking takes mm -hmm. is that one other person, when you're ready of sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's what I love about podcasts and video and stuff like that because Maybe if somebody's listening to it right now, they're like, ah, oh, nah, you know, Sean, yeah, I already know all that stuff. Okay, cool. But then you go back and then you remember it, it's the mustard seed and you go back and listen to it again or you listen to episode 100 and you're like, I'm ready for it now, right? That, that was me in that time, that time period is like, I'm ready for it now. When I first started the business, I wasn't ready for it. I didn't want to hear it. I was a bulldozer. I had my blinders on. Remember, remember the goggles for motocross, football, like I'm dialed in, I'm focused. Don't nobody, you could have been freaking Donald Trump. You could have been Martin Luther King. doesn't matter. They would have tried to come in and tell me something. I'd be like, cool, bro. That works for you. That doesn't work for me. <laughs> the worst mentality. Yeah. So when yeah. he shit, when, when I was sick of, between unfulfilled, lack of purpose and stuck of, of, you know, everything that I've already mentioned, friends and family walking on egg creds around me, my employees leaving me, being a bad boss, being a bad leader, not getting to where I wanted to go. Cause what? Where it got me to where I was was not going to get me to where I wanted to go, right? Yeah. And that's where I was stuck. And so when I hired him, it just shed the light on my ego and other areas of my life. Like, bro, you're being selfish right now. And then it led me down the rabbit hole for the next, I call it the transformational journey for the next eight to 12 months. I invested thousands of dollars, like from podcasts, reading, coaches, mentors, counselors, therapists across the board for the last 12 months. And that is what it's allowed me to get to where I am today and serving and impacting. So I don't, I, if somebody's in their thirties or forties or fifties or sixties, man, I wish I would have known about this in my teens, bro. Mm -hmm. Think about what I could have done for the last 15 years. Yeah. And so do it's you, now do like, you, do you realize, um, like, I think a lot of people have a hard time getting a coach because they're like, they think it's going to be this, I do this and then, then I'll be this way. Or, or I'll make a conscious decision to then be this way. Would you agree? Like after you went during that process of getting the coaching and even maybe after it was, it was done, like a few months later, you just automatically were different and be like, Oh, I would have handled that differently in the past. And it's, it, did you experience that? Like where you just had fundamentally, like, how did that happen? This wasn't a conscious decision. I have changed as a person because of, I mean, it's like magic because I've had a person coach as well, a couple of different ones. And, and I remember this moment of, man, we didn't even work specifically on this, but what they did with me and my mindset, I just, I have more confidence here or I'm more at peace or I'm just more articulate. And it was, it just happened. And it was like the power of reaching out to someone and, and talking, them getting to say, uh, them asking questions that got things out in the open, the power of getting things out in the open and shining on blind spots it will change you in ways that it's not a conscious decision. It will just fundamentally change you and you show up as this different person that is elevated, leveled up. Did you, would you resonate with that? 
100%. And here's what happens. Men in general, we don't embrace vulnerability. We don't like sharing our feelings and our thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, is like, we can figure it out on our own. We can do it on our own. We're DIYers. We can YouTube this. We can, you know, to reach out. (laughs) Exactly. It's weak to reach out. And that was my mentality, especially being raised by my dad. I don't need help. I can figure it out. You ask my dad, he can do everything, right? You ask me, I'm like, I can do one good thing. And then the other stuff, I'm like, I suck at that. Like, I'm going to hire, I'm going to hire a contractor, whoever I need a Mm -hmm. coach, a mentor. I, I struggle with that. Just like the website. When I tried to build a website, I tried to do it for about five seconds and I learned really quick. I'm like, I can't build websites. I need to hire somebody. But before yeah. I'd be like, ah, I got this. And I would have spent two weeks on it. I, I think it's fair to say, you know, man, people think it's weak to reach out at the point I'm at now. And you would hundred percent say this It is weakness, major weakness. There's something behind the scenes that doesn't allow people to reach out. So not reaching out is the weakness. I hope people get that. Uh, there might be some, non-reacher routers out there you know and they, they like oh i'm not doing that that's that's wet sappy stuff man i hope they're hearing how how strong how big would you have to be to reach out you won't be able to pick up the phone because you're too afraid you think it's weakness and that in itself is weakness that you can't do something as opposed to and i can do anything i'll pick up the phone right now i'll call i'm not afraid you know Agreed. A 100% agreed. And that was my mentality for the first several years. I was like, I don't need help. I don't care. You know, if you're doing it the way I want to do it, like it doesn't matter. I'm going to do it on my own terms. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it the way I want to do it. And I'm going to get to where I want to be. Right. But what I've learned is when you have a coach, a mentor, somebody that it's somebody on the sharing a different perspective. Right. And we call it level up and becoming the best version of yourself and just working on being 1% better than you were yesterday is because you're hearing a different perspective. You're working on and competing against yourself on who you were yesterday. You're just leveling up, not, you know, in these across the board. And so when you, when you level up in one area of life and when you're mindful and aware and you shed the light with that other perspective, it's almost like a confirmation, whoever you're talking to, just like me and you talking right now, when we're talking, you're nodding your head. Yes. And then the listener audience are like, oh, I resonate with that. I connect with that. Uh, you know, it's, it's a confirmation and it, it does something in the body. Like, okay, I'm on the right path. Before then, I didn't have any of that, right? I was trying to figure out things on my own. You know, YouTube podcast, if it was big, I didn't even know it because I had my head so buried in the sand, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't pick it up long enough to, understand or even try to understand like the importance of that and th- and unfortunately that's what happens man is like what, what would you advice would you give to someone that is they do think it's weakness to reach out and yeah that's the very thing that they need in fact uh, uh, people who don't if you ask yourself and i'm not really the person uh, you are the person that needs to reach out i'm speaking from experience <laughs> how do you people over that hump over that barrier like how do you get them to accelerate and instead of reaching out because man what if you reach out 18 months from now or three or five years from now and they could reach out today how do you how do you get to do that? Man, in my honest opinion, unless somebody else has got a better answer, people, guys, women will not reach out until they're ready. And what mm. I mean by that is mm. until the, in, do you understand? And so yeah. what I mean by that is is like you could be listening to this podcast episode 1 and then you could be listening to episode 100 of the Level Up with Sean Myers podcast and go, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. I feel stuck. I feel unfulfilled. But until that time hits, it's just like the smoker, the drinker, the person that's going through a divorce, right? And you're in your wife. So you, you've neglected your wife and your husband so many days. Yeah. 
and now you want to do something about it on day one, you know, day 10, 10 years. When it gets bad enough. When it gets bad enough. So that's my point. And so you have to want it. Mm -hmm. You have to want to change your life. You have to want to get unfulfilled and unstuck, Mm -hmm. right? And once you do, once you embrace the suck, the applied suffering and drop that guard and reach out for help, right? Nothing but good things wait there, right? <laughs> you, you, you can pick up the phone and be like, oh, this isn't going to be what I don't think there could be a single example of someone picking up the phone and there not be something better on the other side, no matter what that situation looks like, right? I mean, how could it be bad? <laughs> I hope people are getting this, you know, like just, just uh, what frustrates me is I, I don't want to accept that uh, they have to wait till they're ready. But you're right. I mean, you just can't make anybody do anything ever. You can't. They have to do it for for themselves. But yeah. I, I, th- I think that's why it's so important for the personal growth, for the personal development. Because what, if you're listening to this, what has gotten you to where you are right now, this very mm-hmm. minute, mm-hmm. is not going to get you to where you want to be tomorrow and the next week and the next month. Yeah. You want to mar- run a marathon in, in December? What you've done up until this point is not going to get you through mm-hmm. that finish line in December, no. right? Mm-hmm. You're going to need help. You're going to need to invest in a program. You're going to need to invest in a coach. And you've already taken those action steps to do that, mm-hmm. yep. right? Because you've embraced the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true, man. And, and yeah, it was a moment of trying to think to myself, how did it all occur? And it was, you know what? There was a few steps taken first, and then I had the belief that I can do this thing, you know, this this bigger thing. But I had to, you know what it was when I, joined, when I came to the run club, and hopefully people can resonate with this. I, I happened to run, run a mile a number, like a month before, and, or, and I was like, man, this feels, I felt good. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run a mile every other day. And then I went to Scotland uh, to see family, came back. I hadn't ran the whole time. I uh, took another week off. I wasn't feeling great. I took, ran another mile. And I was like, I feel good again. I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep running. And then someone mentioned something at the Masterland group. Oh, the run club, and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna surprise these guys, man. I'm gonna show up. It'll be, it'll look like go, like a ghost showed up, and then we ran. And then ever since then, I mean, that just attests the surrounding yourself with good people. Yeah, if you want to be a runner, hang around with runners. You want to make a million bucks, hang around with people who have made a million bucks. People who have great marriages. It's uh, it's so cheesy and simple, but literally, just hang around with those people, and you will. Now I'm running a marathon. I'm proof. Like I, I I'm gonna put this in there. I would never. I mean, I was not just didn't want to do a marathon. I didn't, I hated the thought of doing it. And I didn't like the fact that other people were doing it. I'm like, this is ridiculous. What are you just going to run that long for? And now all of a sudden I'm running with runners and now I'm like, let's go do a marathon. You know, what are the possibilities then? My mind is, well, what else, who else could I be hanging around where I would get to that next level? You know, and we are doing that with the mastermind group, but I'm, I'm even thinking what's, what's impossible. Well, maybe let's give that a shot. What's impossible? Let's go try that. You know, uh, and and you have definitely installed that in the whole group. You know, I think I think modeling the behavior and just embracing the journey. You and Heinemeyer's own journey, Sean Myers's own journey. Our mm-hmm. audience, the person listening to this, you listening to this, embracing your own journey, right, and not having to think, oh my gosh, this dude's doing a marathon. Because to some people, a yeah. marathon's like intimidating. Wow. That was, he I was that person. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If I heard someone say it. I'd be like, I'm out. I'm not, I mean, this, this is not even relevant to me. Exactly. And so it's like, embra- so it's embracing your own unique journey. Mm-hmm. You're not Sean Myers. Mm-hmm. I'm not you and Heinemeyer. 
You're your own journey. You're just plugging yourself in, surrounding yourself with these these other people that allow you to align with what it is that you want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And then we start shedding the light and bringing mindfulness to things that you, that and we're framing it differently from what you used to look at it because you were trying to do life all alone. You were stuck at the house by yourself, right? And especially during COVID. I mean, the numbers went through the roof on people having anxiety, depressed, you know, depressed state and all this other stuff because they couldn't be around family or friends or their support system. Yeah, man, that's so, so true. Yeah, just, just an, it, th- those two things, man, embracing that vulnerability, reaching out for help. And if you're not ready, the cool thing is like, Make sure you continue to plug yourself in, whether it's just hitting that download on the podcast, listening to every week, because it's not if, but when you hear it and you connect and it sparks that fire and you're like, I'm ready. Right. Yeah. And that's the beautiful you know, thing you, about it. You jump in on a lot of things and I love it, man, because I, 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 I'm a toe dipper. I'll dip my toe in just to see if it's all good, you know? And I realized that that is a pretty good strategy too. Like if you're not ready, just dip it in. You did a big commitment just do a little bit just dangle your own carrot, you know, and, and you never know where that will, will lead. And, and now I do find myself hanging around with you who jumps in. Okay. Now I will jump into more things, you know, and it's, it's yeah. Cause we're hanging around. I do, you know, I'm picking that skill up. It, we're running along. This might have to be like a two, like two parter, man. It's like in an hour. <laughs> <laughs> do you have any, um, questions? More, I, or more questions? Do. Well, really that, that, Really covered a number of the same kind of elements. Yeah, I think I think we really covered it. I, I had some questions about like how do you get people who are overwhelmed and intimidated by the level of success that that you've had that you that you've done all these things. And, and I think we, we kind of just hit on it, but you know, we could wrap up with this. But just what would you say to someone that is like I can't do those things? Listen to these guys talk. It just to instill that belief in themselves to make that little decision. We, again, we already kind of covered it, but just to, to wrap up, like, what would you say? I would say the first thing is, is to continue to get curious. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is knowing that what you're doing right now, you may be executing, you may be doing, you may be going through life and you may be happy. Okay, cool. That's great. I love it. And what you're doing may be working, mm-hmm. whether it's the job, the business, these different areas of life. But just make sure that you continue to ask yourself questions because you're going to evolve. You're going to, what one way or another, the universe is going to throw stuff at you and you're either going to be ready for it or you're not, right? It's either that person's going to come into your life, you're going to lose that job, the business is going to go under, you're going to get that divorce papers on your from your wife or your husband, you're saving money, okay, you got $100,000 in the bank, the universe is going to come take that money. Mm-hmm. So you've got to continuously evolve and make sure you're adapting and make sure that you're getting curious and reassessing and reflecting. I call it reflecting on yourself. Mm-hmm. I do it weekly. A lot of people do it once a year. Their New Year's resolution, right? What do they why, want? Why, why do they not? Why do they not reflect? I didn't reflect because for me personally, like I didn't, I didn't reflect because I knew what I was doing was what I needed to do at that time to get me to where I wanted to be, mm-hmm. right? For me, it was like, okay, if I wanted $100,000 in my bank, I know I needed to do this, this, and this. I know I needed to make this many sales. I know I needed to get this many employees. So I didn't, I knew I wanted my asset, which is a business to pay for my liability. If I wanted the truck, I wanted that asset to pay. So that's it. That's all that mattered. That's all I focused on. Nothing else. Yeah. Birthdays, negative. Marriage, negative. Girlfriend, negative. Nope. Mm-hmm. This, that's all that matters, Right. 
And then one day you'll wake up. And thankfully, it for me, it was 34, right? But you may, somebody may be listening to this going, well, I'm 40s, 50s, 60s, right? Or maybe you're in your teens. I've talked to teenagers that I would have never thought in a million years, they, some of the language that comes out of their mouth, like I wouldn't, I was talking about foilers and partying and all this other stuff. And they're sitting here going, how can I grow? You know, I need to hire, I had a 19 year old reach out to me. I want to hire a mentor. What? Hire a mentor? You're so far ahead of the game. So I think it's just that awareness. I think it's that mindfulness. I think it's that getting curious, like for things to change. Jim Rohn says that, right? Things to change, you have to change. And if you're happy with where you are right now, cool, great. But reflect and be aware of where you are and where you want to go and be mindful about, are you growing? You're either growing or you're dying. That's it. And if you're complacent, if you are complacent and you're happy and you're making quarter million dollars a year and your business is doing well, your marriage is doing well, your kids are loving you, right? You got friends and family. You're the one, if you are complacent, here's what's going to happen. The universe is going to throw something at you and they're going to freaking throw a hard curveball at you and you're going to, you're going to get knocked on your rear end and you're going to be like, what happened? Yeah. Because you're not working on becoming the best version of yourself every single day until the day you die. You have to work on yourself, yeah. right? You have to evolve. You have to adapt. You have to get curious. And that is what I mean by reflection. Am I a better husband than I was yesterday? No? Okay, cool. What do I need to do differently? What conversations do I need to have differently? Who do I need to reach out to? Yeah. Who's right. doing it better? Who's, yeah. who's doing, who, not how, who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope people get that, man. I really do. But people think now is it that this is everything's good right now, and you just—I hate to say it, but you're either uh, going up or going down. There's no flat. It, flat is done. Uh, you know, because so many times, like being a dad is one of the most important things to me. Is is my kids, and I spend a lot of time putting in this effort being this dad. And weeks will go by, and I suddenly realize, oh man, I kind of kind of took my foot off the gas a little bit, and and. Uh, we're a little more dis- distant. No, I mean, we're, we're all very close, but I'm like, man, I got to pay attention. I got to make sure I'm constantly on this or I will wake up and find out I've not been the dad that I've said that I would be or was even, you know, yeah. I, it's a, it's a, everything. I think everything goes like that. You lose. And what did you just do? You self-reflected. Yes, that's right. And the response from my kids, they'll, they'll be the first, I'll be the first to know, they'll tell me, or I'll see their responses. I'm like, that's, that's my responsibility. That's my fault. They're acting like that because I'm not being involved as much as I should be. And, and yeah, and that's probably, there's always indicators. Yeah. If there's something not going well in your life, that's an indicator. That's kind of self-reflect somewhere, somehow. And yeah, take those baby steps to, to figure it out, you know. Amen to that, brother. Yeah. Good times, man. Yeah. And that's a wrap for another fantastic episode of Level Up with Sean Myers. I hope you enjoyed this special interview where you and Hanemeyer turned the tables and got to ask me the questions for a change. If you found value in today's episode and want to keep leveling up in your own life and career, be sure to subscribe to your, our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to me. Don't forget to connect with us on social media and visit our Facebook page, Level Up Mentoring and Coaching, for more great content, show notes, and resources to help you on your journey to success. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, the path to success is all about constant growth and learning. So until next time, keep striving, keep learning, and keep leveling up.